You're listening to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today, we return to the monthly series, Waste Not. We discuss food waste and the ways in which household action can bring global change. Our focus today is the importance of quality ingredients, and it's my pleasure to introduce Catherine Jones, Executive Chef from Growing Chefs Ontario. Welcome, Catherine. Thanks, Peggy. So happy to have you here. Catherine, you're part of a really exciting organization, Growing Chefs Ontario. Can you tell us a little bit about the program and what you do? Absolutely. The Growing Chefs Ontario is a registered charity based out of London. Our mission is to get kids, families, and the greater community excited about healthy, wholesome foods. And we do that in a number of different ways. Normally, we have a lot of food programming where we actually get to go into schools. And we do programming from kindergarten age all the way through high school, as well as we have a field trip program where students will attend our headquarters and learn all about food systems and and that goes from growing food in our learning garden to making a several course meal and consuming it. We also have a hot lunch program that feeds upwards of 300 participants daily in London. And on top of that, we do many more fun events and other community programming. Wow, so you're connected in across the entire spectrum of things. You've got a lot going on, that's, that's fantastic. And when did you become interested in teaching kids about food literacy? So it's actually kind of funny. When I went to chef school about 10 years ago, I attended Stratford Chef School. My project uh, at the end of second year was to kind of develop a five-year plan and think where I wanted to be. And of course, being interested in food and attending chef school, I wanted to work in restaurants, but I also had dabbled with the idea of going to teacher's college. So I thought a fun way to kind of combine those things would be to start some sort of food education programming, but I did not do that. When I had finished chef school, I actually came across Growing Chefs and met our executive director, Andrew Fleet. And it turns out that he had already put all this together. So that led me to a full-time job at Growing Chefs. I was actually uh, the second employee of Growing Chefs Ontario. And here we are today. Wow, dreams do come true. <laughs> <laughs> and you must have, in the 10 years that you've been working and the period that you've been working particularly with Growing Chefs Ontario, you must have heard lots of stories with all of the kids that you've put through different levels of programs in the school system and in, on, in other places in the community as well they must talk a lot about their experiences as they're going through them. What are some of the greatest success stories that you've heard when you're teaching kids food literacy skills? So we have, over the past 10 years that I've been here, got to meet some children who were in our programming who have then developed an interest in food education and food literacy and have gone on to have careers and go to culinary school and have came back and talked to us and said, some of the experiences that I had with Growing Chef inspired me to do this. One of my own staff, after working kind of in a front of house side of things, uh, decided to follow and went to culinary school and now is one of our top chefs in the organization too. So it's been really exciting to follow everyone else's careers and see it kind of come along. 
So you can just get started with your very first food class, fall in love with healthy eating and delicious food and spend your life pursuing those goals and helping others do the same. And I'm thinking about the broad range of students that come through your program from all different backgrounds and origins and different interests. Are there uh, things they talk about in terms of food and its significance in their life? One of the, just going back kind of to that question of one of our greatest success stories, one of the most personally rewarding programs that I've worked with is our school project, which is our kind of original programming and where Growing Chefs started when it was kind of adapted from Growing Chefs BC. And with this program, we go into schools and each participant will get two lessons in food education and it's linked in with their curriculum. And you can kind of see in the beginning that they're excited that chefs are here, but they're a little bit kind of skeptical as to why they're getting this programming. But I think one of the most rewarding moments that I've experienced is that collective excitement from the whole school and the community when we return to the school and there's excited whispers and actually not even whispers shouts of students saying the chefs are back and oh we can't wait to have growing chefs programming <laughs> and then just having those conversations with them about the things that they have done since we've last been there so for example we teach them how to make salad dressings and they come back to us with pictures of salads that they've made and recipes that they're going to use in their salad uh, challenge when they're making salad dressings with their other classmates and it's all inspiring and it helps uh, me really feel that we're making a big impact in the school programming that we're participating in. Absolutely you don't just wait for the lesson to end and recess to start they have made changes in their lives and how exciting that they actually bring back look at my salad dressing or whatever it is that they made to show you their success and creativity and I think that's so important that um, from an agency perspective one of the things we're always talking about in education is um, you know identity development and agency and what a great way to integrate food into that that's such a rewarding story thank you for sharing it and you have one class that you do on avoiding or managing waste and how do kids respond to that? So kids can get excited about these not so glamorous and more serious topics like food waste when we're able to present them in a really fun and relatable way. So for example, our April monthly kids cooking class was all about food waste and using really ingredients and recipes that have the whole vegetable involved. So Chef Ryan made kale chips and as well, uh, along with that, he made kale stem crackers. And when I heard he was going to do this, honestly, I was a little bit skeptical because I said, how are you going to make a kale stem delicious and exciting, not just for, for you, but for kids? And our chef team is incredibly creative and they have an amazing way of making foods that we would normally consider waste, just absolutely delicious. So in the process of making these crackers, and the kale chips themselves too, kids are able to ask more questions about the waste and it gets them kind of excited to have these conversations over avoiding waste and really how that helps the environments and society. That's really great because it's not just having this value that you want to avoid food waste and that you have, uh, you want to help, but you need actually ways to do it. And what a great example because often it's the stems 
uh, the leaves or different things in the plant that we're, we're not consuming. So to have delicious and creative ways to do that and to stimulate kids' creativity on how to see a different life in a part of food that they otherwise maybe wouldn't consider eating. And those kale stem chips sound like a fantastic crackers sound like a really great way to do it. So that then kind of the food waste goes hand in hand almost with having cooking skills. So how does cooking skills help avoid food waste? It really gives you the confidence to look at an ingredient that might be less than perfect and identify a plan to save this food. If you don't know how to cook, you might see a brown banana and think this is garbage. But if you have a little bit of experience, you can see that rotten banana and think this will make the most flavorful banana bread. And this only comes from experience and basic cooking skills are really the start of this confidence in the kitchen to help you identify how to use and make less than perfect foods delicious to decrease your personal waste. And it's economical too. Um, every Everything that you buy, you eat, and you can see a different life as the product evolves. As you said, delicious fresh banana, but when it goes a little bit brown or mushy, wow, there's lots of other things to use it for. That's really great, Catherine. Thank you so much. After the break, we'll hear more from Catherine Jones, Executive Chef at Growing Chefs Ontario. We'll share our expertise on using quality ingredients as a way to avoid food waste. In doing so, households can come together to ensure there's enough food for every family at home and across the world. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. We're speaking with Catherine Jones, Executive Chef at Growing Chefs Ontario, about the ways quality ingredients help avoid food waste. Catherine, as a chef, you've got formal training in food systems. And what are some of your insider tips for households about selecting quality ingredients and how that can help avoid waste? So it's not much of a secret, but shopping locally at farmer's markets and the people that I meet there have the best quality products and are so excited and passionate to share that with their customers. And how often can you say that really when you walk into a grocery store that you meet the people that grew your tomatoes or that made your bread? That just doesn't happen. So for me as a chef and as a parent and as a food educator, really, um, by visiting my farmer's markets and supporting our local food systems, I'm able to get the best, most high quality ingredients that you will never even find in a grocery store. And honestly, just coming back to Growing Chefs too, at least 75% of the local products that I source for our charity here have come from connections that I've made at farmer's markets and friendships. Oh, interesting. So really getting to know and trust the people in your food system. And if you live in an area where you can get to a farmer's market, that's great. And we're coming upon the season, although we'll have to wait and see what all the provincial restrictions are. And throughout the year too, we do have local farmers that provide to broader, bigger grocery stores. And you still know and trust them. You become familiar with terms like Burnbrae Farms or some of the dairies that are close by. And what that can do is lead to a longer shelf life once you purchase it. So you, can you tell us about shelf life from food waste? Absolutely. So specifically, when I was talking about shopping locally, when you also think about shopping seasonally, I invest in produce, for example, that has traveled a much less of a distance to get to me, and it can keep longer in my fridge or on my counter because of this. So even if I'm investing in local products that maybe are slightly more expensive than I might pay at the grocery store, like you're able to stop at the farm stand and get that corn from there, 
this product, honestly, in my experience, may last twice as long, giving you so much more opportunity to use that product. I also think that if you invest in a good quality product that you have a personal connection to, for example, if I'm at a, a market or a roadside stand and I find an interesting vegetable that I've never tried before, I maybe have a conversation with the farmer about this, I'm a lot more less likely to let it go bad because I've forged kind of this human connection and I'm excited about it. Yeah, that personal connection and that investment and excitement about the food is that when we're buying food that we love the flavor of or we're really interested in trying if we haven't already had it is the likelihood of us throwing away is not high or wasting it and that we didn't get to it. It sits in the fridge or on the shelf and eventually expires before we can eat it. That That's a really important factor, which brings me to another point, which is flavor as one of the main ways that quality ingredients reduce food waste because you want to eat every bite. Can you expand on this? So this comes back to kind of my experience as a chef. Um, so as a consumer, just someone every day shopping at the grocery store, I think it might be hard to stomach for some people to pay $30 for a piece of, say, for example, Parmesan cheese, because that's a big price up front and it's scary. However, if I need that ingredient to make the Parmesan cheese like a Caesar salad, I would happily pay $6 or so for a small container at the grocery store. But what's I might not realize or what people not realize is that price is probably two to three times higher if I would have invested in a larger piece of cheese. So as a chef, I'm used to making these investments in quality ingredients and it goes a long way for having the best taste in everything I make. That's a really important point that it's not just about quality ingredients being delicious and things that we love so we eat it, it doesn't get a chance to go bad, but also taking a look at that incremental uh, cost of convenience, so if it's already graded or if it's a smaller portion, and certainly if you wouldn't ever get to, for example, the Parmesan you're talking about, then the smaller portion is helpful. But in most cases, if you can buy things in their original form and uh, modify it as you need it, whether you want to slice the Parmesan, grate the Parmesan, it, can, it gives you more range and versatility, so more things that it can go in. And I agree with you that quality ingredients, although they may look like they cost more, they are maybe different in value because in what you save, in, in what you think is the price of the product is very much wasted when you look at the volume you need to be satisfied. Quality is often considered as unrefined without too much alteration from a food's original form. So an egg is an egg, a carrot is a carrot. And as households shift to whole ingredients, they're going to need cooking skills. And so how does someone get started? So right now, I think an easy and accessible way to get started with these cooking skills is to look online. There are so many amazing cooking resources from blogs to recipes and entire websites. We spent the last 12 months during the pandemic dedicating a lot of our time and resources to making a website that features step-by-step -step cooking recipes geared specifically towards families and cooking videos. And there's a lot of other charities and other community organizations other than that us as growing chefs that are doing this online right now and are offering workshops in their community. And even though it's distance, what I love about it is you're able to cook with your family and really bring everyone, intergenerational groups into the kitchen and that makes a big impact and it's little to no cost to do that too. That's great and I, I have been to your website recently and I was so impressed. I did see the changes. What's also great about it is it's not just recipes. There's some basic how-tos so you know what equipment you might need if you wanted to uh, you know make bread or soup or something like that and it makes all very accessible plus 
great instructions, not just reading instructions, but there's great videos and other tips, a real wealth of resources to Growing Chefs Ontario website. That's really great. So quality is really important to flavor. And do you have any suggestions on how to simplify home kitchen inventory while keeping the quality high? Absolutely. So cooking with simple ingredients, this is exactly how I cook. Like if you were to read our menu for pizza night at Growing Chefs, the menu literally just lists the ingredients and there's not many, it's four or five. So it'll say spring pizza, asparagus, fennel oil, roasted garlic, Montfort mozzarella, roasted fennel, that's it. This is all that I'm putting on the pizza and it doesn't need a million ingredients because those ingredients have so much flavor and it's top of the line flavor and freshness. So what I would recommend to simplify your home inventory is when you're reading a recipe, look at what you have at home already. Instead of heading out to the grocery store to buy a new ingredient that you may only use once before it goes bad. In my experience as a chef uh, doing food education programming, I have found that people get so stuck on the idea of having the exact right ingredient, where if you're able to make a substitution for something that you have at home already, it number one will save you money. Number two will prevent having to have extra waste if the rest of this ingredient goes bad. So if you want to make pesto at home and you have some spinach that's a little bit wealthy, try using that. You basil is a great ingredient, but it's not the be all and end all. There's many other things that could go into a pesto. And by doing this experimentation, you might find amazing new flavor combinations that you've never tried before too. Yeah, wonderful advice that um, what is the function of the ingredient that you don't have? And is there something else that could do the job? But there are ways to substitute. And there's actually, as you mentioned, all the resources um, online. So you've got to start to become a little bit intuitive as a home cook and also see the range and versatility of products, as you had said, which is, I think, a really great uh, a great way to do it. I know that I, I don't inventory anything in my home uh, kitchen unless it can go in three things. And I only have 60 items that I have in my inventory and I can make hundreds of things. Now, I've spent a long time getting that refinement down, but I think it's something I, we all start somewhere and try to think of our home kitchens really as a food system and appreciate some of the things that the professionals have um, to offer us as you have today that in our home kitchens, I think it's a good idea to start to take some inspiration from people who work professionally, which is why I'm just so glad that you're here today, Catherine, and thank you very much for sharing all that you did. Is there a final message that you wanna share with our listeners about food waste? Thanks, Peggy. So what I think is if you start to think about food waste, you will become a better chef. You will cook more creatively to avoid it. You will source ingredients that you're passionate about and make good use of them. And friends, family, and especially children follow by example. So make sure that you share your experiences in the kitchen with them to help others learn. How fantastic. The whole family, you mentioned intergenerational. So everybody, you know, working together and what a great connection to make yet another one through food. I'm, I'm just so inspired by our conversation today, Catherine, at the amount of dedication that you and Growing Chefs Ontario, the whole team demonstrate to help kids and help us all learn how to use quality ingredients and avoid food waste. So thank you very much for all that you do and also for being here today. Thank you so much, Peggy, for having me. It's been my pleasure. You're welcome. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Catherine Jones, Executive Chef, Growing Chefs Ontario, covering how quality ingredients can help avoid food waste and bring change to humanity right from our own homes. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about, how often do you throw food away? Daily, once a week, rarely? Something to do, look over your household inventory, see if you can find patterns in food wastage, get creative and how you could make small changes to bring change. Next week on the show, it's city farming. We'll discuss home growing and the ways in which designing urban agriculture space can build community and create awareness. Our guest is Cheyenne Sundance, founder of Sundance Harvest. 
I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbray Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.